Hey, it's Greg Stanley. If you're listening to this podcast, you know I love everything automotive. This passion has expanded to include being a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. So if you need assistance buying or consigning a collector car at any one of our online or live auctions, including Scottsdale, Amelia Island, or Monterey, you can reach one of our car specialists at rmsotheby's.com or you can email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Welcome to the Collector Car Podcast. This is an interesting and exciting week where we are covering the Collector Car Fantasy Football Round number one. Now, if you joined us for the live streaming the other day, you will have noticed we had some technical difficulties. From our end, everything looked fine and looked great, but when you actually listened to it, you could only hear me, unfortunately. So I apologize for that. It was a really great time with our guests that were on the show, and I don't want you to not know what happened, and I don't want you to not know what happened to the cars that they picked and how their teams fared and what we look like after round one. So I did want to recap it all for you. So for this round, we do have three special guests. The first is Julie Guscallen, Director of Audience Development at Haggerty. The second is Brad Phillips, Director of Automotive Lifestyle Business Development at Haggerty. And of course, we always seem to have Ramsey Potts, RM Sotheby's car specialist extraordinaire, as a guest here and there. And then obviously I round out the foursome. And so it was a great conversation talking about a lot of cool cars, a lot of smack talk occurring when it came to our picks. So Again, I apologize for you not being able to join us on the live streaming event. We will have it fixed for the next one, which is due to occur just after Labor Day, after Auburn Fall weekend at the beginning, first or second week in September when Haggerty updates their valuation guide. So without any further ado, let me review them. I will start with Julie's team, the Socialista team. All right, she had 11 picks, as all of us did, and we had to pick cars that kept us within a $1 million budget. And if we wanted to switch out a car... For one of our bench cars, we could do so at this time, but just one car that we could switch out. So in the Italian Stallion category, Julie picked the 1973 Ferrari 246, 246GTS, the Dino, condition number three. The starting value was $290,000. And after three months, the end of round one, it was at $294,000 for a gain of $4,000 or 1.4% up. Now, you'll notice a lot of Julie's cars are positive, so she did a great job to get out strong for this first round. The second category was the American Muscle category. It didn't say muscle car, and she decided to pick a 1979 Ford Bronco. And for round one, after three months, it's actually up $3,800, 14.8% increase, going from 25.6 to 29.4, condition three Bronco. The third category is the Rising Sun. She picked the 1976 Datsun 280Z. I almost said 280ZX, but 280Z. <laughs> Again, Condition 3. And this one went up by $2,100 for a 19.6% increase. Tremendous job she's doing here. The first three cars have all appreciated in value. The next category was German. and She picked the 1995 Mercedes-Benz E500 Condition 2. This one went up pretty strong from $60,200 to $69,500 up 15.4%. Now her fifth pick in the future collectible category, she picked the 1962 Fiat 500 Jolly. Uh, Interesting pick for a future collectible since it has been around for quite a while. And this one actually went down by $500, down 1.1%. That's the first car she's picked that's actually been a loss over the last three months. 
All right, in the rear mid-engine category, she picked a 1985 Lamborghini Jalpa. Extremely awesome, great, beautiful, underappreciated car. Condition 3. This one was flat for that time frame at $62,000. And the seventh, one, the seventh category is the Super Hyper Insane category. She picked a 1982 Lamborghini Countach LP400S Condition 3. This one gained 1.4% over the last three months. And now the next two categories were basically flat. The Before Truman was President, which is basically a pre-1946 car. She picked a 1934 Model A. It was basically flat, 1905-1905. And then for Nintendo Gen, this is the Nintendo generation of Vire. She picked a 1988 Porsche 944 Turbo cat Condition 3. And that, again, was flat at 15.5. Now two more to go for Julie. The under $30,000 price point, she picked the 1977 Saab 99 Turbo. And this one was up really strong. This one surprised me a lot. It went from 12.5 to 15.3, a gain of $2,800, uh, which was 22.4%. And now the last pick was the Kardashian category. I had them define it as they would, some type of luxury item. And she picked an old school one, which was a great pick 1958 Cadillac Eldorado Barritz. Condition 2 went from $80,000 to $94,400, up $14,400, 18% increase. Now, I know you're not keeping track at home, but that is a total increase of 4.09%. Again, 4.1%, which is just an amazing increase in just three months across 11 cars. So, fantastic job to Julie and her picks. Now, the next team was the Crankshafters. Now, if you had to guess of the three guys on this team who that was, you would probably guess right that that is Brad Phillips from Haggerty. For the Italian Stallion category, he picked the 1969 Iso Grifo 7-liter car. I'm in love with those cars. American horsepower with Italian styling. Condition 3 was flat at $444,000. That's a pretty significant one-to-half flat, considering that's the biggest car that he has on his list. The next one in the American Muscle category, he picked a 1992 Dodge Viper RT10, Condition 3. Now, if any of you are Dodge Viper fans, listen up, because that went from 33.3 to 48.3, up $15,000 just in three months, up 45%. I believe that is the biggest gainer of the 44 cars we have picked for this round. Now, the next one is the Rising Sun category. He picked a 1991 Toyota Land Cruiser, which was one of the ones that was on my list and got harpooned by his pick. Condition number two, it went up $1,600 to eight per, up 8% by $1,600. And then in the German category, he picked a 1985 Mercedes 300 TD Wagon. Wagons are hot right now. This was a condition three. He went from $13,600 to $15,000, a gain of 10.3%. So he's starting off pretty strong. And the next one in his future collectible category, he picked the 1988 Porsche 924S. Condition 3 went from $8,500 to $9,200, a gain of $700, but that was still 8.2%. And now if you've been keeping track, this is his first car that he has actually recorded a loss on in the rear mid-engine category. He picked the 1994 Ferrari 348 TB Condition 3. Unfortunately, it went down from $65,600 to $61,700, a loss of almost $4,000 or down 5.9%. And now in the Super Hyper Insane, he picked the 1977 Aston Martin Lagonda Series 2, which we thought was hilarious because nobody has repair parts for these, aftermarket parts. Uh, condition 2, this one was flat, 74.4 to 74.4. 
We thought that was a win because all of us thought that would have declined in the last three months. Beautiful cars, but you cannot get the parts for those cars, and they're fairly complex. All right, the pre-1946, he picked a 1945 Willys Jeep CJ2A Condition 1, which is what you really need to seek out when you're looking at those Jeeps. This one actually went up $1,600, up 5.8%, going up to $29,000. The next two were flat, Nintendo Gen the 1995 BMW 850 CSI Condition 1 was at 208, and it stayed at 208. While the under $30,000 category, the 1968 Subaru 360, really cute car, Condition 3 started at 29.8 and remained at 29.8, so flat there as well. And then in the Kardashian category, he picked a 1986 Jaguar XJS V12 Coupe Condition 1. Started at twenty six six, ended at thirty four eight, up eighty two hundred dollars, up almost thirty one percent. So if you have one of those Jaguar XJSs, hang on to them. They are appreciating pretty sharply. So when you look at all eleven cars against his million dollar budget, he went up two point four six percent. So he is right behind Julie. Actually, not right behind Julie. Quite a bit behind Julie, but he's right there behind Julie, doing really well. He had only one car of his eleven that declined in value. And he had six that increased in value. And unfortunately, his ESO just was flat. That was the big bucket car, as well as the 1995 BMW 850 CSI. Between those two cars, he had almost $650,000 of his $1 million budget was flat. Now, he decided to hold all of his cars. He did not switch out a bench car, but he did upgrade his Dodge Viper from a condition number three to a condition number one. So we will see how that will fare the next round. I forgot to mention, but Julie did not switch on any cars. She really liked what she had, and she was going to ride them out, so to speak. All right, the next contestant's Flip Flop. The Flip Flop team, that's Ramsey Potts. Now, as a reminder, Flip Flop stood for fuel-injected performance for lots of payoff. At least that was his theory. Now, one thing, Ramsey did not quite get the gist of the rules, so he left $500,000 on the table. He did address that somewhat with his pick from the bench. So we'll go over that here in a moment. For the Italian Stallion, he picked a 1990 Alfa Romeo Spider. Condition 2 went from $20,400 to $22,800, up $2,400, pretty strong, up 11.8%. But unfortunately, in his American Muscle category, he picked a 1991 Ford Taurus SHO. Condition 1 actually went down from $15,500 to $14,600, down 5.8%. Now, the next one in his Rising Sun category, he picked a 1991 Honda Civic CRXSI Condition 2. This one was flat at $18,000. And then his next one was in the German category, 2001 BMW M3 Coupe Condition 2. Started at 41.1, ended up at 41.9, gain of $800, up 1.9%. Now, his future collectible was a 2011 Aston Martin V8 Vantage S Condition 2. This one went down slightly from 59.3 to 56.9, down 4%. And then his, for his mid-rear engine category, his 1988 Pontiac Fiero GT in number two condition went from 15.9, unfortunately, to 15.9. So that one was flat. And you'll see a little theme here. His super hyper insane car was a 2004 Aston Martin Vanquish. Condition two went from $70,800 to $70,800. And to continue that trend of not growing, his 19 or pre-1946 car, his 1935 Auburn SC Phaeton, Condition 2 stayed at 170. 
$170,000. So there were three in a row for him that just did not move at all. All right, now for Nintendo Gen, he picked a 1986 Mazda RX-7 Turbo, Condition 2. It went from 18.4 to 24.4, so that was really strong, up $6,000 for a 1986 Mazda RX-7 Turbo, and that was up 32.6%. And then his under $30,000 category, he picked a 1994 Porsche 968 Coupe, Condition 3. It was flat, unfortunately. 22.5 stayed at 22.5. And then his last car for the Kardashian category was a 2006 Bentley Continental GT Coupe Condition 2. It went from $40,300 to $41,100, a gain of $800, about 2%. So if you look at his 11 cars and his 11 categories, he had four that went up. Unfortunately, he had two that went down, and then the remaining ones were flat. So when you look at all this against a million-dollar budget, he grew 6.67%. So puts him firmly in third place, puts him firmly in third place okay so i am the last player to play here so my team was called oblong v block i forgot why oblong v engine v8 i can't remember why i picked that anyways let's go through my categories so you'll see a disturbing trend with my cars of the 11 cars i had quite a few that did not move at all ironically i didn't have any that went down either they did not move at all or they went up so that was pretty interesting For the Italian Stallion, the 1990 Ferrari Testarossa, grade level 3, stayed at $105,000, did not change. I did not choose... Oh, let me go back to Ramsey's bench car. So Ramsey decided to switch out, I think it was his American Muscle, and he subbed that with a Plymouth Superbird. So we will have that on the next round and see how that one does. So back to Ferrari Testarossas. I kept that car because I think they're on their way up. You'll find out that I think a lot of these are going to go up, even though they did not move in the last three months. Uh, For the American Muscle category, I picked the 1990 Plymouth Cuda AAR Condition 3. That was flat at $59,200. Now, this is a car I've talked about a lot over this last year or so about this thing has bottomed out. It should be going up any time. I still feel it's going to go up at any point. When you look at the Plymouth Superbirds, especially the 426 cars, the high-dollar cars, I noticed that in condition one, two, and three condition, they're all going up sharply in the last three months. So if I had more funds in my budget, I would switch this car out with a Plymouth Superbird grade level four because that was still slightly down. So I think that's going to follow the trend line up here shortly. And as the 426 cars go up, the smaller small block cars will go up as well. So I'm hanging on to the AAR. For the Rising Sun Category, I picked the 1966 Honda S600 convertible, which I sat in one at Elkhart, and I had a hard time getting out of it. In condition three, that started at $25,300, and it remained at $25,300, unfortunately. And the German category, I picked the 1972 Porsche 911 S. I feel like Porsches have bottomed out, and they should start going the other direction soon. Well, they're still kind of holding steady. So that started at $122,000, and it ended up at $122,000. Okay, for the future collectible, I picked the 1996 Corvette Grand Sport convertible, preferably one of the 50 or so that has the red interior. Condition 3, this one went from 27.5. Yes, it went up to 28.3, up $800, 2.9%. That would have been a much greater increase if I had picked a higher grade car. 
So I think that one's doing pretty well. And then for my rear engine, mid-engine category, I picked the 1956 VW Carmen Ghia Condition 3. That one went from $30,300 to $32,600. That was a good increase of 7.6%. And then we're going back, unfortunately, to my flatline results here. So for my Super Hyper Insane, I picked the 2006 Ford GT Heritage Edition. Now, recently, those were up like 10% over the last three years. And the non-heritage editions were down like 3%. Well, when you're looking at the latest three months, they're flat. They're $310,000. They ended up at $310,000. Now, the pre-1946 category, I picked the 1942 Lincoln Zephyr Convertible Condition 3. That one stayed at $33,000. Another one that was flat. And then in Nintendo Gen, I picked the 1995 Lancia Delta Integrale Condition 3. That one started at 40500 and ended at 40500 which shocked me a little bit because I know we had a couple that sold pretty high. I just wonder when they're going to hit into the uh, valuation guide here. Hopefully, they'll be hitting there soon. So I didn't trade those out. Now, the last two, I'm pleased to say increased in value. So for the under $30,000 category, I picked a 2000 Audi TT Quattro Condition 1. That went from $23,500 to $25,100, a gain of $1,600 up 6.8%. And my last car was actually my biggest winner in the Kardashian category. I defined luxury as a 1968 Mercedes-Benz 600 Pullman condition number two. That one started at $214,000, ended up at $233,000, up 19 grand. My biggest winner up 8.9%. So looking at all 11 cars against my million dollar budget, I was up 2.37%. So yes, Julie was in first place. Brad was in second place. I was in third place. And Ramsey pulled up the rear. Or Ramsey was in last place. Now, that kind of makes sense. The two people that were in first and second actually work for Haggerty and are knee-deep in valuations all day. So I like the fact that they beat us. So Julie is out to a great start. I don't know that any of us can catch her at this point, but we will see. I would like to call out some of the cars that were the big winners. I don't know if I'll get these correct by dollar amounts, but the one that grew the most was the Dodge Viper, 1992 Dodge Viper RT10, was up $15,000, 45% up. So that's the one that grew the most from a percentage basis. The one that grew the second most from a percentage basis was also on the same team. That was Brad's 1986 Jaguar XJS V12 Coupe. That grew 30.8%. I'm sorry, that was the third highest. The second highest was from Ramsey's team. The 1986 Mazda RX-7 Turbo grew 32.6%. And let's see, we get one more here. Up 22.4% was the 1977 Saab 99 Turbo. So no matter which way you look at it, those cars grew a ton in just three months from a valuation standpoint. All right, let's look at straight dollars here. The one that grew the most from a dollar point of view Actually, turned out to be mine. Turned out to be my uh, 1968 Mercedes-Benz 600 Pullman, up $19,000. So that was a pretty big base, pretty big up. The next one was Julie's 1958 Cadillac Barretz. That one was up $14,400. i am sorry, that came in third, up $14,400. And then that Dodge Viper I mentioned earlier was up $15,000. So those were the top three. I'd say the biggest losers on this board. Actually, there weren't a lot of cars that were actually in the negative which is pretty cool. Out of 44 cars, I'm only showing 
four cars that we actually picked that were actually down over three months. So, you know, that's, uh, let me do some quick math here. That's less than 10%. So that's not bad. Am I doing that right? Yeah, I'm doing that right. So like 9% of the cars were down of all the cars that we picked. The one that was down the most from a percentage basis was down 5.9%. That's a 1994 Ferrari 348 TB. The one that was down the most from a dollar percent wide or a dollar amount was actually the same car, down $3,900. The the one that was down the second most was the 2011 Aston Martin V8 Vantage S. That was down $2,400 or 4%. So some nice results from the first round. Again, I apologize for not being able to hear us while we're live streaming, and I was hoping at least the audio would survive for this episode. But you know what? Make lemonade out of lemons. At least I was able to share the results with you, and I hope you enjoyed them. Please stay tuned. Please check it out. Join us if you'd like to join us. It's a lot of fun just talking about cars and the valuations and why stuff's going up or why stuff's going down. Uh, It's been a lot of fun, so I really enjoy all of you listening in. Always enjoy hearing from you, so please shoot me a note at gstanley at Sotheby's. If you have any comments or Greg at the Collector Car Podcast, and I will respond to any and all comments made. I appreciate it, and I will talk to all of you next week. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.
Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.